to another episode of Miss Motivation. Today I have the pleasure of introducing you guys to my cousin Fausto. He's an amazing artist and I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to interview him today. Thank you very much. It's great to be here and and thank you for having me. It's exciting to be here with you to have a, a wonderful discussion. So thank you. So I have him here today. His wife, Christine, is here. But I have him here today because I really have looked up to my cousin, just maybe a year older than me, but has so much wisdom and so much talent and creative ability. And I've been following him over the years on Instagram. And he's a part of a group called the Lost Breed Culture. And that's a group of painters. Is that right? It is. It's um, Lost Breed Culture is a brand and artist collective that my brother from another mother, Luis Perez, uh, and I, along with uh, another friend that we started um, years ago to really incorporate art and all other creative ways of thinking and then incorporating into that history and appreciating not just art history, but, you know, the history of our city and other places where creatives uh, might find themselves uh, and tying all of that together. And over the years, it's been it's been an incredible journey. So first of all, I just want to say that he's based in New York City, and so is Lost Breed Culture. So where would people be able to find some of your art? So you can visit our website, lostbreedculture.com, and there you can see more about us as artists, um, our you know philosophy for our brand, and also our work. We also uh, make t-shirts. Um, it's something that we've been doing for a long time as well, is putting our artwork and other designs um, onto apparel. And we hope to you know, even do more. But if you go on the website, you can see what we have now and what we uh, are currently offering uh, to ship to customers anywhere, really. So here we are. We're talking about art. And I know that that's the focus. However, he has a full-time job. And art is his side thing for now until it really takes off, which I am most definite that it definitely will in the near future. So... It's just amazing to me that even though he has a full-time job, his focus is still art-based and on his hobby. And I kind of want him to talk and share a little bit about how he creates that balance in his life and how he continues to pursue his dream while he also makes sure that he's comfortable in his day-to-day life. So having balance between art and everything that I that I do, it's something that I've I've really done for as long as I can remember. Um, from a very early age, um, I became fascinated with drawing and just making things with my hands. And it's something that I started to do uh, with my mom, uh, my dad, and, and my uncle, Larry. So the three of them at a very young age always encouraged me to use my imagination and to sort of you know pay attention to what was going on around me. And, and, to, and being observant, I was able to put in you know, more into my imagination and just kind of always keep myself entertained. Uh, We moved a great deal when I was a kid. 
always in the Bronx, but I've lived in many different places in the Bronx. Uh, I spent most of it on 167th, but by then I had already lived in like four different places by the time I was in like second grade. So anyway, dealing with that change around me always sparked my imagination because I was always readjusting to a new school, new neighborhood, new bedroom, like having to take down all of my posters and put them back up again. So second and third grade, I already found myself like, all right, I've had to recreate where I live. And, you know, so anyway, recreating uh, things has been a theme in my life. So I think balance has always been a part of that. So when I was in junior high school, I really became interested in, in graffiti and like what was going on in the in the street because of uh, again, my uncle Larry, uh, he and his friends, that's what they were into. And these guys were like 10, 11, 12 years older than me. So when I was six years old, I had friends who were 17 who I looked up to greatly, and I still do. And that influence, you know, it really kindled in me uh, a need to, you know, create things and, and draw and, and just get myself focused on on getting better and better uh, like drawing so like by 9 10 11 years of age I wanted to draw as much as possible and I knew that I was going to do this for as long as I could um, so as I got older it just like continued along the way just sort of like something that I did but you know at the age of 9 and 10 I had a friend um, who told me hey man you know uh, we're gonna go uh, to the Bronx Museum of the Arts. They have art classes there. So I found out about this uh, art curriculum that they had. Um, and I grew up right by the Bronx Museum of the Arts. So living right by the museum and having an opportunity to take an art class or two, it was an amazing offer that I had never really experienced before. So I started going for an entire year every Saturday in the morning. I took illustration, fine arts, and animation. So having a background of always having to use my imagination, these people who constantly inspired me um, and who did artwork themselves, plus now having a curriculum, all of that really solidified things and it really set really the stage for everything else that has gone on in my life. So because I'm so grateful to all of the things that art has brought into my life always and how it's always challenged me to uh, show myself you know, what I'm capable of doing and always redefining that, it's always found a place in my life. And sometimes it's been a decimal point of my time and other times it's been a great deal of it. And I've accepted it as it's come. But now, um, as I'm sitting here with you, it's a very significant part of my life. And I thank my wife, Christine, for really being uh, the reason that it's been kept alive in, in my life and in my heart all this time. You know, when I met Christine in high school, as an art student, I shared with her, you know, all of the things that I used to think about then in terms of art, and she did the same for me. She inspires me a great deal um, in terms of believing in me and, and, you know, always asking me, like, so what are you working on? And, you know, what, what drawing are you doing now? And wanting to show her what I'm up to is always something that drives me <laughs> as well. Um, so Christine... And, you know, my brother Lewis as well, who I mentioned before, like running Lost Breed Culture with him, um, it's really allowed me to do as much as I can every week. So I consider it my, my second full-time job now. For the last several years, it's become more and more of a, of a presence in my life, a therapeutic one and one of, of growth. Yeah.
So <laughs> that's a, uh, in a nutshell, <laughs> really how I, I, I believe strongly that it's, it's an important thing to, to keep alive. So with that being said, does having a regular nine to five bother you? It doesn't at all. Um, you know, it, it becomes difficult in some weeks to have enough time to do what I have to do. So I just accept it and just sort of wait until I have time to work on, you know, projects that I, I have in mind. But working with kids, I find that it's something that I'm responsible to do. It's my contribution to back to the community uh, to help kids the way that adults help me along my journey, my educational journey. I had teachers, educators, you know, people who believed in me and who I still remember. And because of them, you know, they, they made a difference. They had an imprint in my journey of learning and growing up. So I'm able to do that now. Uh, professionally, I've been a licensed social worker for eight years now. And, you know, before that, I was working in social services, even before graduate school. Um, so it's always created balance in my career as well, art. Um, even through difficult times in my career, even through frustrating times, uh, being a social worker is certainly um, something that carries with it challenges and, you know, but in that process, you learn a great deal about yourself. And so that's the parallel that I am able to strike between art and social work. You know, being good at one makes me better at the other and vice versa. So I try to keep in mind that wherever I go to work, I'm still a social worker and an artist and the two coexist fluidly um, no matter where I move and no matter where I go to work so my resume changes over time and so do I and you know my perspective changes too in terms of what I want to work on in terms of artwork and painting so I find great satisfaction and doing my best to help people help families and kids and when I can you know sit down and draw for five ten minutes and again, because of Christine's inspiration to like just appreciate the, the small, beautiful things in life, Christine last year, in fact, created this spark of a series of drawings that I'm still working on. She one day asked me, we were sitting on our, in our living room and she asks me, hey, you know, I wonder what, what it is that you would draw next. You know, I hadn't been doing a whole lot of drawing. I was just really focusing on painting. And I had sort of let go of drawing habitually. And, you know, Christine's question, I was like, you're right. You know, that was my answer. I was like, you're right. I, I, I need to, uh, I'll show you. And so within a few hours, I had a drawing. Since then, I've been drawing consistently, like pretty much every week. And um, I have about 50-something drawings that I've completed since then. And, um, again, I, I think that's just another example of how I've been able to allow myself to be malleable. So whatever life throws at me, I've tried to let art be a part of that, um, both with good and bad things that come like they do for everyone in life. Uh, it's been what has often kept me feeling uh, whole, you know, that I'm able to put out my frustration, my fears and my joy into my work and feel human and then have something to look at. Uh, afterwards and say, you know, that this is a product of this day. It's my journal entry. So again, it, it, it keeps me feeling balanced as a human being. It's nice that you and your wife share not only the same talents, but the same creative visions. That must help. It, it sounds like your wife is your why. She certainly is. She certainly is. We, you know, my, my partner in life and all of the adventures that I've been on 
and that I want to go on are with her. And uh, being able to make something visually that puts in how I'm feeling that day or that week, it's really something that I, I thank God for, you know, for having the ability to express myself and never give up, like, wanting to do more with what I feel I've been given. You know, if the interest in art is the, the gift that I have in life, then I never feel like I'm, I'm wasting it. Uh, I feel like I've, I'm putting it to use somehow, even in my job, thinking creatively. I try to force myself to think creatively when I solve problems, when I'm dealing with challenges, so that it, it makes me, it gives me a buffer, you know. But um, creativity and enjoying life and approaching it creatively with Christine is, is something that I, I thank God for every day. And, and again, life, art has always brought good things into my life. And the best thing it brought into my life was Christine. Uh, I had an English teacher in high school, Miss Gewartz, who I, I thank heavens for putting me in her path when I was in ninth grade in Walton High School in the Bronx. In 1997, I went to this school, and I, you know what? I have great memories of, of friends there, and I was sad that I left after a year. But I ended up leaving after a year because of a question that was asked of me one day. I had an English teacher who I mentioned before, Ms. Gewartz, who approached me after, you know, a few weeks into the fall semester. I'm a freshman in high school. And she says to me, Fausto, um, after approaching my desk, she says to me, I notice that you're always taking the opportunity to draw whenever you can. You're always drawing. So I'm wondering, what is it that you're doing here? And, you know, that that was a great question, one that I had not asked myself. And looking back, it's one that I don't think I would have if it had not been for her. So again, another example of how an educator just put something in front of me that had an impact that I could not foresee. I mean, it had impact, it continues to, that decision that it led me to make. Because the next day, pretty much, I was like, well, she's right. Because what she asked me was, what are you doing here? And so I started to ask myself that question. What are you doing here? Why are you not at, and she said, art and design, LaGuardia, graphic arts, she started listing for me all of these art schools that she thought I would be better off in so that I could be doing more artwork. And you know, frankly, I had never asked myself that question. So when I started to, I quickly decided to apply for a transfer. When I went down to my uh, guidance counselor, Mr. Mayor, this feels like yesterday, but this is a long time ago, 21 years ago, 14-year-old me says, hey, um, to my guidance counselor, I'd like to apply to transfer to art and design. I didn't say LaGuardia or, or graphic, uh, graphic arts. I just felt like that's the one that sounded like it was meant to be. It just chose that one and stuck with it. And it was really meant to be because I ended up at art and design. I took the exam and thankfully I got in. And the following September of 98, I was starting art and design. And so was Christine. And we didn't know that we were there uh, in 98. And we, over the years, we had mutual friends and we met along the way, but it wasn't until my senior year and her junior year that we met, you know, that we knew that we introduced ourselves to each other, but we always knew of each other, you know, and uh, anyway, I thank Ms. Gewartz for introducing me to a world that, you know, brought Christine into my life, and, and uh, so when art and work and life and, and love and everything come together for me, they're all necessary parts of my life, and uh, I make sure that I try to keep all of those things that matter to me well kindled as best as I can, as best as I can. So it's almost safe to say 
that even though you're chasing this dream of becoming a full-time artist at this point in your life you've almost already achieved your dream yes i'm i'm grateful to feel like i'm able to i, I paint at home we have a, a a wonderful art space that we've created together and you know i'm able to you know get up and draw something if i want to and and it's it's a, a beautiful thing to have that be a part of my life now it exists it's something that's real and over the years being able to work with my brother lewis and and painting and making things and just seeing all of the good people and all of the good things that have happened because of art i feel very grateful in in being able to achieve that level like that i feel that i'm part of a, a community of people who love to create artwork who love to create things who love to make music and write and take photographs and all of the amazing people I've met along the way, I'm super grateful for them as well. So my brother Lewis and I in the last two, three years, you know, compared to the two, three years before that, we've seen so many exponential turning points uh, of, of exponential growth, uh, rather, uh, for us as artists, as business partners, you know, as people who like to make things and, uh, you know, we brainstorm and we can come up with three different major projects within an hour. We can come up with a lot of ideas. And so he's someone who I'm super grateful for as well um, because we always keep each other inspired and motivated. You know, like on a weekly basis, we're thinking of developing an idea that we thought of and we've just been carrying along and things sort of branch out from there. And we have opportunities that come our way and we go for them as well. And we're we're grateful for having that opportunity to to have art be such a significant part of, of our life and uh yeah so it's it's really something that it, it it cradles us now the art community and you know the family that we've found in it so what would be like the icing on the cake for you because it seems like you enjoy your job you incorporate art there you're able to do what you love on the side you have an amazing marriage and family but what would really like put the icing on the cake for you i think just being able to live a, a, a healthy life to continue to live uh, with christine and to be able to make as much artwork as i can and just keep going bigger you know and and uh you know if if i have the side of a building to paint then i'll go and paint the side of a building if i can uh but just continue working um continue expanding my workspace one day i hope to have a gigantic workspace a loft where it's the studio where i can go and make anything i want um and spend a great deal of time there and you know, I have my family and my friends, all of my loved ones be a part of that, you know, and uh, see that be a manifestation of all of the work that I'm doing now and have done with all of the people I mentioned, you know, that it's been a collective effort in a sense. Artistic growth and creative growth for everyone has been what I've witnessed over a long time, you know. So, yeah, uh, I'm grateful for you. Uh, I find what you do incredibly inspiring to me and to everyone who I know who listens to you and what you do and how you find inspiration in the things that happen to us in life. I, I myself know that it's important to have a positive perspective and you are a living proof of that. And I, I appreciate you a great deal. I love you very much. 
for what you do. Make me cry. Side note, we've all been crying in here. (laughs) But you say you want to do bigger things, um, but you haven't mentioned the big things that you have done. You've painted for some famous musicians. Like, tell us about some of your biggest achievements. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I always feel like I'm like I'm running and, you know, once something happens, I'm, I'm always looking like, all right, what am I, what do I want to do next? And that's how, even as you hear me describe how I see things. Yeah. But just looking back, there's been some amazing work that we've been able to make together uh, and, and just people who we've met along the way. And I look back and I, I look at life like a story that unfolds before you that you can turn back to and read through. But it's divided up in chapters, you know, and, and, and subchapters within that. And that's how life has been. I mean, I, I gave very uh, detailed, <laughs> tangential parts of, of my history uh, where I can just continue going on and on, like just thinking about all of the things that like create ripples in a pond for us. So just thinking about like the future and what's happened already, um, we started doing live painting back in 2014, Lewis and I, and that really changed things for us because it really put us out into the community of other artists doing public art and art in front of an audience, uh, people who are interested in art, people who like to come and take pictures of art or perhaps write about what's going on. and. And in that scene of, of painting live, and I have uh, a, a great friend of mine, a dear friend of mine, an artist who put on a show uh, back in 2014. Her name is Marta Alicia uh, Matarita. She's an incredible artist. And having been aware of her artwork already and seeing that she had this event, we had the chance to go and paint live at it. And that was our first time painting live. And since then, we've been doing it. Um, that day really changed a great deal of things and that we became aware of other live painting events. So live painting uh, became something that Lewis and I started to do very frequently back in 2014. 2015 came around and we continued to do it. You know, once graduate school ended in 2010, I said to myself, I want to continue doing artwork and while working as a social worker. Uh, that was my vision. I was like, I want to do what I've been dreaming about doing since high school, you know. And, you know, Lewis and I, we started talking about making a T-shirt company together and doing artwork. And that's just the way it started to happen naturally over time. We got into live art. We started printing shirts, screen printing. We, you know, we basically taught ourselves how to do it. And over the years, we've become very good at, you know, the craft of making shirts and uh you know and doing that and making artwork um and live painting you know we've been able to have our work in different gallery shows and be a part of different live art events and the people who we've met along the way have been incredible um artists incredible human beings um so those things are are great achievements to me to be able to look back and feel like wow look at how awesome these experiences were uh, because we were doing artwork uh, together with other people. Um, and we have the artwork itself. Uh, some of the artwork that we've made you know, has gone on to other places. Uh, people who have collected our work and purchased our work. You know, all of those things have happened over the years. And that's something that you know, I hope to continue doing. It feels good to make something and then see how it impacts other people. And they have their own interpretation of what you did. They 
bring it into their homes and now it's a part of you know their life i think that that's an incredible privilege to be able to share uh what you do with other people uh you share so much when you do that and so i feel lucky to do that uh, you know talking about achievements that for me is what i i take away from that but you know we we recently uh were able to collaborate with uh, Colossal Media and the people from Wonder Bread, the great people at Educated Little Monsters, an organization out in Brooklyn, we started working with them on a project that they had going on with Colossal and Wonder Bread. And so everyone came together and we came up with this design, Lewis and I, that ended up going up on a large wall um, in, in Brooklyn, right on the water. And, you know, you can see it right from the Williamsburg Bridge. And so just to think of the scale of that and just how just a few years ago, that to me was only a dream of having a design that we that we made be on a wall. That to me, just seeing that to me was an incredible thing. I was like, well, that's something that I think I've been dreaming about doing since I was like 12, 13. I used to ride my bike on, on Jerome Avenue <laughs> when I was living in the Bronx as a kid. And I would ride my bike everywhere from 167 all over the map. And I would always see the walls and pay attention to what was going on, who was muraling here, what new wall was there. And, and I would always carry a, a disposable camera with me uh, to take photos of all the graffiti. Yeah, and it was like my obsession. Bike riding and art and graffiti always went hand in hand. I'm still bike riding. I'm still painting. And so it feels good to... You still, know, still with a disposable camera? Abs- well, the disposable <laughs> cameras, if I can find one, I'll still buy them. Yeah. <laughs> Because I love being able to crank it and know, well, that's another shot. I hope it came out okay. I guess I'll find that in, you know, two weeks. <laughs> Much love to everyone who knows what I'm talking about. Uh, but it's, it's nice to think back to that. And, you know, next week I'm turning 35. And something that I was doing when I was 13, 14, 15, I'm still doing it. You know, I'm still able to do it. And I feel so lucky to do that so to have my work on a wall for me i'm like wow i'm in heaven <laughs> that's amazing congratulations Thank you. that's something to really be proud of and shout out Thank to you. wonder bread i love wonder bread i grew up on wonder bread number one i don't know the other company but wonder bread recently reposted a photo that i took of, oh nice I, I made french toast with wonder bread because oh, awesome. i mean i grew up on that what spanish family didn't have wonder bread all over their house <laughs> i peanut butter and jelly sandwiches i probably had like a hundred a week yeah. Uh, with Wonder Bread. So, yeah, totally <laughs> part of, of, of being a kid and, and growing up. And Colossal Media, I've looked up to the work that they do. Uh, they hand paint large scale uh, masterpieces on the sides of buildings. So, I, I look up to these people. I mentioned before, yeah. painting on these people do it and they do it so well. So, I really admire the work that they've done for a long time. I've looked up to their work ethic. And what they put out. So being able to work on a project with them was just beyond words. Um, Last year, Lewis and I painted the largest mural we've ever done. For the first time, we did this very large scale uh, painting on 116th Street and 2nd Avenue in Spanish Harlem. And um, it was with the 100 Gates Project. And we met the incredible people there who gave us the opportunity to partner with the restaurant that's located on that corner uh and that's caridad and la nueva caridad if you haven't been there it's an amazing restaurant and so we painted nine of their gates uh two on second avenue side and seven of them on the 116th side 
and we went for about seven to eight sessions and we painted overnight. It was an incredible experience that we had. And now, you know, to go by there and see the work that we did several months later, it's still there. It takes on a life of its own. So being able to do work like that to me is, is a dream come true. To be able to work on a mural is a dream come true. And I just want to do it more and more. And I, I hope to. So I'm curious as... You know, many people may think that I'm this huge extrovert, but I'm actually a extroverted introvert. Does that make sense? Totally. I, th- I feel yeah. the same way. <laughs> so I think that's me. So how do you put yourself out there um, to, you know, manifest these opportunities and be able to network with the people that you need to? So it's definitely been a process over time. Again, I have to uh, thank Christine for helping me uh, do that over time because it's at first when I thought about not just painting more often, but then after painting live and putting my work out there and, you know, deciding, okay, this one's going here, this one's going there, this one I'm going to show or this one I'm going to post online or on social media you know, on, on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. That wasn't easy at first because I was very picky about what I was going to put out. There's some things I wasn't ready to share because uh, it was a very personal thing. It had always been a, a, a very personal thing, uh, artwork. Like I drew something in my book and maybe one or two people saw it if they were there and that's it. So being able to share that, that's something that Christine has really helped me grow into uh, over all of these years. Um, but I currently, you know, I share a lot of what I do on Instagram Um I do mostly Instagram for social media, um, and a lot of it is just going out to events, trying to be supportive whenever I can, uh, go to shows, and and just be on, you know, be aware of of who's doing what and, and what's going on because there's always something going on, and that I find a great deal of of inspiration from and seeing the work and the dedication um, out there in in the creative community, the work that people put out. And how dedicated and passionate people are about their craft, it makes you really remember, wow, I feel the same way. So if there's ever a second that you are having a bad day and you think about that, you know, it revitalizes you. It, it, it makes you feel like you just took a breath of fresh air. And that's what that does for me, uh, is kind of being a, an observant and a participant in, in the art community and, and what's going on with, with art in New York, at least. I, I hope to do more traveling in the future. That's also something that uh, we hope to do more of. Christine and I love adventuring and just kind of like taking opportunities in other states to maybe collaborate with other artists and, you know, work on murals. Something Lewis and I definitely are working on doing now is, you know, meeting other people in other places and just continue to grow uh, artistically. So one of the things that I love about my cousin is our family history. Our family comes from Cuba. I don't know all the details, but we landed in New York. Right. And we're from this huge family. My my mom herself has, you know, nine brothers and sisters and a lot of them, you know, grew up in, in the Bronx. Some of my family stayed in the Bronx. Some moved to Florida. We're kind of all over the place now. And I landed in the suburbs of New York. And, you know, you hear these stories. Sometimes people will use where they grow up as a limitation of why they couldn't find success. And something I love about Fausto and his siblings, because they're both very successful as well. My cousins, um, Ariel and Chabeli are both extremely successful and motivated and inspiring individuals. Um, But they never used 
the I grew up in the Bronx, this is my life excuse of why they couldn't find success. And I feel like I hear that a lot, like, oh, well, I'm from the city, you know, like gang life or, you know, like, oh, I, I grew up in the city. My, we didn't have a lot of money. So this is, you know, this is, this is the best I can do here. Like my cousins have done so much for themselves. They've always done really well in school. And I would love for you to give some advice for other inner city kids who feel like, oh, man, this is like, you know, you see all these other people with all these other things. It doesn't really matter as long as you have that inner motivation to want to succeed. And I want to know what you told yourself and, and what motivated you growing up to do so well in life. Definitely. Thank you. Um, well, you know, I I have my mom and my, my dad to, to thank um, as the, the people who provided uh, my sister Chabeli, my brother Ariel and I with guidance that really we've been able to use in our lives every day. Um, our, our mom and dad, they're very wise people, very hardworking, great work ethic, but they understand that we all have the power to make decisions for ourselves that, you know, we never have the limitation as great as the one that we place on ourselves, you know. And so my, my mom and my dad, you know, they both were born in other countries. Uh, my dad was born in Dominican Republic. He came here with nothing on his own, not speaking English, and really figured things out on his own. And I think from his experiences and my mom's experiences of coming to the United States as a kid and kind of having to readjust. So like readjustment has always been a theme in, in my life. Um, I think what they taught us which was to make the most of everything. Um, and they are very positive people. Like we, we grew up with a lot of things around us that were uh, not always the most positive things, some very negative things, a lot of violence uh, in the neighborhood I grew up on. And, uh, you know, while I loved it there, while I was living there, uh, there were a lot of bad things happening as well around me. And you just sort of learn to live with it and survive through uh, things as you got older, especially uh, when we were in our teens. Um, but I, I think just making the most of it, uh, just setting goals for ourselves and, and trying our, our best to survive uh, every week, every day, and just achieve our goals as we saw them and, you know, not be guided by other people. I guess that's another thing that the three of us have in common. My, my sister Chabeli and my brother Ariel, I love them with all of my heart. They are amazing human beings and, you know, the way that the three of us are raised to survive together, you know, through life. Like we always share what's going on with our own lives with one another. And we feel that we are manifesting and the way that we approach our decision making and the way that we uh, have lived our lives so far has been uh, to try to fulfill the, the words and the advice that they gave us as, as kids, the, the advice that our parents gave us, which is to make the most of everything and like you know, even even hardships that come your way, like to embrace them and to make the most of them. Know what your vulnerabilities are. Know like your weaknesses and your strengths. Just to be in tune with yourself and know that like we are all works in progress and like we'll never completely get it, but we can never succumb to whatever challenge is placed on us. And that often is the environmental. So like we've just never taken no for an answer. I've never felt like I wanted to to give up. Uh, so for me, I just, I've always fought um, for what I wanted uh, and what I wanted to achieve, whether it be with school or, you know, as the years went on and, 
had opportunities to work as a teenager. Then I, I started to really set all kinds of goals for myself. And again, as, as an artist, just to kind of like aggressively pursue what I wanted and not let anyone get in my way. No, you know, friends or people trying to get me to do what they were doing. That's not something I've never been into. Um, and again, I think at an early age, I learned the things that I needed to as a kid, I think from all of the adults around me, like being a five-year-old with all of these 17-year-olds and all of these 20-year-olds around me, I, I, I learned a great deal from them at an early age. And I think that that always kept me from being interested in what my peers are doing. Because by the time my peers are doing stuff, I was like, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not impressed by what other people are, are trying to get me to follow if I'm not interested in it genuinely. Like that's something that I've always been. It's just myself. Uh, I've never been a follower. So the things I've done have always been because I've wanted to. And I've always kind of blazed my own trail as best as I can. Um, and to, you know, hopefully make my mom, my dad, uh, my Uncle Larry, and, you know, all of the adults, all of the people who have seen me grow up, you know, uh, make them proud, all of the people in my family. And I think that having good people around me also made a big difference. It wasn't all me. I think that, you know, having... Uh, guidance from my cousin George, who has always been a, a beacon of wisdom for me. That guy is amazing. And just everyone, all of the good people in my life, I think that I've been blessed to always have good people uh, balance out whatever else is happening. So that's helped me survive and get to where I am. I honestly think that all of those things that you were taught from your parents are the reason why you are so successful today and the relationship that you have with your brother and your sister and your wife are, yeah. <laughs> it's an amazing thing to see. It really is. He has such a huge heart and I'm so proud of his success and his passion for his creativity and his ability to share it with me today. So thank you. And um, where can people find you and follow you on social media? So thank you very much. It's been an honor to be here with you. Again, I, I love the work that you do and that you continue to inspire people. And, and I mentioned Ripples in a Pond before. You are setting ripples in the pond every day with the work that you do um, and motivating others to be the best people they can be. So to be here with you and, and share my story, I consider it, again, a, a gift and a privilege. And I'm super grateful to be here and, and super grateful for your invitation. Uh, so thank you for allowing me to share today. And uh, you can bet that this whole week I'll be painting and I'll be thinking of you in our conversation and you will be a great source of inspiration for me. You've definitely impacted me today so thank you um in terms of where people can see um what i'm up to and what lewis and i are up to and what law speed culture is up to um you definitely can you know check us out on on social media we're very active on instagram and on facebook you can check us out as well under lost breed culture as well we're on twitter um you can look us up that way our website is lostbreedculture.com there you can check out you know, the shirts that we currently um, have in stock, the artwork that we're doing, we try to keep it as updated as we can. But it's definitely a labor of love. Uh, Lewis and I, we believe in continuing to grow and share uh, Lost Breed culture with as many people as we can and, and to continue inspiring uh, people as well. We hope to do that over time. Yeah, I think today you've definitely help people understand that you can do what you love and also love what you do in your nine to five. You don't have to struggle through something and not have enough time to do something else that you like. You can have a healthy balance 
and continue to chase your dreams and enjoy the moment. You are the definition of somebody, it seems, who lives in the present. You're, you're very accepting of where you are and you know where you're headed and where you're going to be and you seem to have a lot of faith and you're very inspired and motivated and I hope that that translated today because it certainly does here with me and it's an inspiration for me and I hope that other people are motivated by that for sure. All right, guys, we are out. We're done for the day. We're going to go enjoy the sun. So tune in for the next episode of Miss Motivation. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you get the latest episodes as soon as they come out. And I'll see you guys on the flip side. Peace. All right. Peace out, everyone. Love to all.